Who knew in the moment? The premise of the show is that as you're living your life, very rarely do you realize the magnitude of a moment while it's happening. However, in hindsight, we can see all of the pivotal moments that led to where we're at. Thanks so much for tuning in. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Who Knew in the Moment, the podcast. I'm your host, Phil Friedrich, and today I'm honored to have Edrin James with me. Edrin is a NFL Hall of Fame running back. Uh, on top of that, he's an author and then he also has a business that he's started called One Enterprises, which has multiple businesses underneath it. So, uh, Edrin, thanks so much for being on today. All right. Thanks for having me. You know, it's always great to get out and share your story and also help push everybody else, everybody's brand or whatever you're trying to accomplish. Yes. Now, one of the things that I think people are going to take away from our story today is how when you're authentic to yourself, that's when the best results can happen. Automatically, because when, when you're authentic, you're, you're yourself. And so there's nothing is scripted, nothing is premeditated. You just flow. And once you start flowing and you get in your flow, you're going to be the best at whatever you're doing. And you want to make sure that you're giving people the real you. So anytime they come across or you encounter, encounter each other, it's going to be the same every time because you've always been yourself. Yes, I love it. Now, to start off your story, um, growing up, your your grandfather was a general contractor. So talk a little bit about seeing that and just having that uh, experience as a youngster, seeing your grandpa working hard. Well, the thing that my grandfather provided or that he showed me was how to lead. Yeah. You know, when you're dealing with different personalities, different people, and different situations, the leader has to be quick on his feet. He okay. has to be always have an answer, and he has to guide people. You know, people look to people that can show them the way, give them confidence, and actually get out there and do things that they're asking others to do. So my grandfather was great at that. He led people. He was a man's man, very quiet, but when he spoke, he spoke with authority or with the sense of, hey, you better get behind this guy, you know? So those things, when you witness stuff like that, you know, it, it gives you it gives you a lot of confidence. It's like, I want to be like that. I want to be somebody that could lead people, but not mistreat people, mm-hmm. not handle people. My grandfather never handled people the wrong way. He never begged anybody to do anything. And he would just do what he's supposed to do, get in, take care of his business, and get back to the house. Yes. Yeah. Now, family is important to you for multiple reasons, but one of them was your uncles had to kind of convince your mom that you should uh, be able to start playing football. So talk a little bit about that in uh, just the beginning days of Edron playing football. Well, you know, when you're younger, you know, football is life. And growing up in South Florida, growing up in the Mockley, Florida, football is everything. But when I was younger, I had these nosebleeds that would happen out of nowhere. You know, I was really good at football, and it was an easy game for me, but the toughest thing was not having a nosebleed. And it would just happen because of the South Florida sun. And out of nowhere, my nose would start bleeding. And my mom was concerned. My mom was really concerned by that. So by the time it was time to play organized football, which is Pop Warner, you know, it it was one of those things where she wasn't really, really all for it. You know, but my uncles, they saw me out in the parks. They saw me in the projects. They saw me in different places playing football. And everywhere you go, my name would ring as far as this kid could play football. This kid would be pretty good. He's tough. He's physical. He's made to be a football player. So with the backing of my uncles by me wanting to play and them wanting me to play, 
they gave my mom the the confidence yeah. to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to let him play. And that's where it all started from there. I love it. Now, in those early years and just getting your start, uh, you, you found a passion in it and you found success in it, but you also were willing to put in the extra work. So talk about getting up early morning, 5 a.m. and doing unrequired work when maybe some of the other folks or friends weren't doing that. Well, for myself, it was, I was big for my size. No, I said that wrong. I was big for my age. Yeah. I was big for my age. And, you know, I was always with the older guys. Yeah. And the older guys, you know, I don't, you know, when you're 14 and they're 16 or if you're 12 and they're 14, it's a big difference. Yeah. You know, so for myself, I figured out the way that I can keep up with people, the advantage I would have is I would outwork everybody. Yeah. If I put in the extra work, you know, it would give me an advantage. So I treated that as my secret sauce, my secret weapon. Yeah. I would do extra work. I would do the things that everybody else wouldn't do. And that would give me that and that would give me an advantage. And once I started seeing the results, yeah, it just drove me even more and it carried on all the way into my NFL career. You know, it was one of those things where I would work out in the middle of the night. I would try to outwork everybody. I would try to make sure that I'm in the best shape of everybody. So by the time we all get together and we're doing the same things, you know, I've already put in the work. Yeah. I know that the results are going to kick in a little bit later. And they started to show, and it just gave me so much confidence where I made, I made it a permanent rule for myself. Now, that's going to be a theme throughout your story. You know, it's not just in football that that's helped you, right? Uh, it's, helped, it's helped you in the business world. It's helped you as a family man. And it's just doing the extra work, the unrequired, the things that other people may not be willing to do. Yeah, I think if you look at sports, life, football is the game of life. You yeah. know, it's telling you everything. It shows your ups, your downs. You see some of the strongest people at their weakest point. Yep. It shows you that people are coming after your position, showing you that you have to maintain, you have to sustain, you have to do all these things to make sure that you're able to play at a high level. And in business, the same thing. Yep. I've taken an approach to to where you got to put in more time, you know, see what the greats are doing or successful people are doing and try to mimic those and then find ways that you can actually do a little bit more. Yeah. And, you know, I've never been afraid to work. I've always been encouraged by work because there's not one time that I put in a lot of work and I didn't get the results. Mm. So me knowing that and knowing that sometimes you don't even have to be special at what you're doing. You just got to put forth that effort and put in that work. And it's going to put you in the same space as those people who are gifted. And so, I love it. so I've always just took pride in just putting in extra work. You know, it's like when I come to work, which I call, you know, I got my own situations where, but I call it work. Yeah. You know, there's no, there's no clock. Yep. You know, we're going to do whatever it takes to get it done because I, I like success. Yeah. I like being successful. I like to be right. Yeah. You know, I like to, <laughs> you know, I like to make sure that I'm doing what's right mm -hmm. and I'm willing to put in the time and just outwork anybody because it feels good to win. You know, yes. it's another win and, and when you when you when you play in this game, you know, there's no ceiling. In football you had a ceiling. Yeah. You know, you have you're gonna you're gonna have to retire. You're gonna be forced to retire yep. because Mother Nature you know, a father time, it's gonna, it's gonna do what it does. But at the same time, in business, there's no ceiling. You can go up as high as you want to go, and 
that's what I'm motivated by. Yes. Now, something else that motivated you as a young man was this VHS of uh, Pure Payton. So, talk a little bit about <laughs> watching Walter Payton and, uh, and some of his moves early on. Yeah, Walter Payton was great. You know, Walter Payton, he wasn't the biggest guy, he wasn't the fast guy, but he was the smoothest guy. But the things that he did in the offseason, you know, it always motivated me. You know, I would look at those tapes and I would look at him running up that hill, look at him putting in that extra work in the sun. And it just gives you the confidence. And one thing that always stood out, and there was a part in the tape where he talked about when he got hit and he would just bounce back up. He would get mm-hmm. back up no matter how hard somebody hit him, no matter how he's feeling at the time, he would jump right up. So I, I put that in my game. Yeah. I don't care how hard they hit me. I don't care what happened. I jumped right back up. Yep. You know, and I always got myself up. And that's one thing I got from watching that Walter Payton tape. And I think a lot of kids, you know, you, you receive things at an early age and if it hits home and you implement it, it's going to be part of your lifestyle. You're going to reap the benefits of it. And that's one of the things I reap the benefits of that just from a psychological standpoint. Yeah. A guy could think he think he's hitting me super hard or he really like laid it to me, but I jumped right back up. Yep. And it all stems from watching a VCR or VHS <laughs> at a young age. Yes. Now, as you're progressing through high school, you start getting some notoriety and you start getting some acknowledgement. And one of the biggest ones is the uh, Parade All-American uh, as a senior. So talk a little bit about just being able to stand out amongst you know people, not only in Florida, right, which is one of the hotbeds of recruiting, but across the country. Well, you know, back during my time, it was... You know, I'm growing up in Immokalee. Nobody really knows about Immokalee. So yeah. you don't get that much notoriety. But as you start playing and the people start seeing that, hey, something is special about this kid. And out of nowhere, you know, you become a Parade All-American. And back then it was a big deal. It yeah. was a big deal to be a Parade All-American. And for me, you know, that was one of those things that give you hope. Like, hey, I can come right here from Immokalee and become a Parade All-American. And it's the same thing as all these other guys around the nation. It's then you start looking at these different names of these guys, and you start saying, I'm in the group of the guys that everybody's kind of recognizing or yeah. playing at a high level. Yep. And so it gives you even more confidence. Like, I want to do more. I want to do more. I want to do better. And that has always been the drive. So talk a little bit about that because, you know, we're talking about in the scope of football, but I think that's true in a lot of things in life. If you want to get better at something, you need to surround yourself with people that are doing it at a high level, right? If you want to be a good dad, surround yourself with someone that you really respect or would like to emulate as a father. If you want to be good at business, surround yourself with people that are excelling or doing well at business. So talk a little bit about that. Just, you know, we're talking about it as football right now, but for someone listening, you know, maybe they're not an All-American, you know, All-NFL, All-Hall of Fame football player, but they might be able to apply that in other ways. You know, in life, you know, you, there's a map, there's a blueprint, and the blueprint is right in front of you. Yeah. And sometimes the blueprint is in a book, it's in a person, it's in a person's mistake, it's in a person's success. Now you have to put yourself in a space to where you're able to receive these yes. things. And once you start paying attention to what those people did and you start looking at the people that aren't successful and what they did and you start, you know, making the comparison and it starts showing you that, hey, if I want to be here, 
these are the things I need to do. Yeah. And if I want to maintain, these are the things I need to do. If I want to know the wrong way to do something, these are the people who I need to look at. Yeah. And so you just start you know, putting all those things together, start looking at these people, and then you find a couple people that you say, man, you know, these, these are the people. Yeah. These are the ones that I'm going to look at. And I think everybody should find five people that they should really pay attention to. And those five people, they, they're going to have a lot of similarities, yeah. but they're going to be different. Yep. And their difference is what's going to always give you clues. And that's a method that I've always used, and it's helped me out. You know, I, I've always got people say, look, I'm going to look at this person, this person, this person. And then I know they're different. They're not in the same field, but they both have reached success. And they're at the level of, of where I want to be at. And by just paying attention to those type of things and actually implementing things that they're doing, you'll see yourself getting better. Love you know, it. it's like, are you going to wake up and read? Okay, it's cool. Some people say, yeah, I read. I, I wake up and I read every day. But what are you reading? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it goes it, it goes a little bit deeper and deeper. You can't just say, hey, I, I read a comic book or I read this <laughs> something that right? had nothing to do with where I'm trying to go. So once you start getting detailed in your plan, there's a map that you follow. And it's going to put you in put you in a space to be successful. I love it. Now, as you're graduating from high school, you decide that, hey, the Miami Hurricanes are the place to be and uh, that, you know, they've, they've had some good seasons and you're coming into a program that's well established, uh, but they're also coming into a new coach and a new era of Miami football. So talk a little bit about showing up to campus and, uh, you know, your excitement to play at the, at the highest level. Well, the University of Miami was always our pro team. If you grew up yeah. in South Florida, that was, that's your NFL team yeah. first. So I've always been a big-time Miami Hurricanes fan, and that's the only place I ever wanted to play. And to get an opportunity to go there, you know, it's like a privilege and an honor to yeah. actually be putting on that orange and green and wearing that U on your head, on your helmet, because it means a lot, because those are the things that drive you, and those were the things that you've always envisioned as a kid. So for yourself, it's like, man, this is really happening. And for me, you know, I was just excited to be able to go over there and compare myself to those other guys because, you know, when you're playing in your area, all you know is the people in your area. Right. And then once you get to college, you get a chance to see people that he was the top linebacker, he was the top this, or he was the top safety or the top receiver. And now you get a true comparison. Yeah. You, know, you get a true comparison to, hey, where am I? Where do I measure up at? Oh. And that's what gave me even more confidence. I'm like, you know what? I'm pretty good. So you're, you're at Miami. It's an honor to be there. You're super excited. And, you know, the first couple of years, uh, first year goes all right, right? You're getting some playing time. But really the second year is where you start really making the name for yourself and stepping up to the table. Well, at the University of Miami, you know, the first year I was, I was a red shirt. You know, yeah. I was a red shirt freshman. I wasn't even expected to play. Yeah. But then due to injuries, you know, I got thrust into – um, to plan and everybody knew what I could do because in practice you know everybody gets a chance to see who's who but when you have older guys you know it's like a chain of command yep. and the coach you know they they kind of stuck to the script but my second year is when things really started to take off and that's when guys got a chance to really see me or I guess 
not just the guys there, but everybody got a chance to take notice and say, this kid is legit. This kid is pretty good. And everything just went from there. You know, I just continued yeah. to build on it, put in a lot of work, you know, tried to, you know, watch all the guys that were going to the pros, you know, pay attention to everything they're doing, and then measure myself. And I would just gauge everything. And once you start seeing yourself and then say, okay, can you run this speed? Can you jump this high? Can you do this for lifting? And you say, hey, I can do all those things. And naturally I'm gifted from an athletic standpoint. Now it's a matter of, are you doing, are you going to do what it takes to maintain? Are you yes. going to do what it takes to stay out of trouble? Yep. Are you going to take care of your school? Are you going to take care of your body? You know, those are the things because when you're in the city of Miami, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of temptations. So that's, the biggest hurdle that you have to kind of go over because, you know, once you start having success, you know, I was, I was, um, 18 and my picture was all on every, <laughs> every pole yeah. down, down the expressway. So those things could really become a distraction, but if you stay the course and you stay locked in, you know, those things won't affect you. You yeah. just continue to just put in the work. And that's what I did. I put in the work and things just happened the way they were supposed to happen. You know, yeah. you know, going to the NFL, getting drafted, fourth pick by the Indianapolis Colts, right out of the University of Miami. Yeah. You know, a school that, you know, that a lot of people probably wouldn't have even taken the chance to go to because of the sanctions and all the yep. things that were looming. But, you know, we had a great coach, great staff, and we had a great group of guys that pushed each other, that was hungry, yeah. that wanted more for themselves and for them fam for their family. So for myself, you know, the goal has always been make it to the NFL, where to take my family to another level. You know, yeah. take care of my mom, and also had a child while yeah. I was in school. So those were things that motivated me, mm -hmm. and that motivation is it just drives you. And the motivation is usually the map. Yep. You know, or you have the map, but it kind of helps you get through the map. Or see the map through. I love it. Now, as you're coming into the NFL, because you do have a great year, um, you know, really put on, I would say you were on the map, but really put yourself on the map against in the UCLA game, right? Playing number one, rush for almost what, 300 yards. I mean, that was a big time game for you. But as you go into the NFL, you mentioned it, number four pick, but there's probably a little bit more pressure than normal for you coming in as the fourth pick. Because that year or that offseason, Marshall Falk had left the Colts, right? So you're filling a, a prime player's role, and you were drafted ahead of somebody else that was a pretty prime running back uh, in college that year. So talk a little bit about, you know, if you had a chip on your shoulder just from hearing maybe things people were saying or, you know, how you felt coming into the year. No, it was it's football, you know, for, for a person like myself, once you realize that you're really good and you know that you can do this, you don't really worry about anything outside yeah. of playing the game. I've always played the game. And when you get a chance, you check out my book. I detailed everything from gold teeth to gold jacket. Yes. In my book, it's on my website, www.edgingjames.com. But you can get a little bit more insight that this interview wouldn't be able to tell you about the whole journey from going through that whole process. Yeah. Even with, the, you know, I speak on the situation with the draft. I speak on the fact that I'm dealing with the trade. So I made sure I covered all those things yeah. to, so that person can have a, a little more detailed insight into what it's like 
in my mindset because I, I was never worried. You know, I was never worried because for me, the goal has always been to get to the NFL. Yes. And when I get to the NFL, you know, I'm doing what I set out to do. Yeah. So nothing to me was a problem. Now, the thing that would be interesting to me would be to know for you, a lot of people, when they reach that goal, they don't feel the desire to continue to get better. They don't feel the desire to continue to press on because they're like, well, I hit my goal. But you, you, you hit your goal and you, I mean, you even had a great first year, but you continue to get better and you continue to have phenomenal seasons. So talk a little bit about, you know, continuing to have drive even after you hit maybe that first big goal. Well, see, I, it, it, you don't have this one goal, yeah. you know, you have goals. Yes. That's why you have the S on that, you know, because yep. it's like I wanted to make it to the NFL, but. From the beginning, I made it clear. I want to leave my mark. I want yeah. to be one of the best to ever play the game. And so that goal is what continued to drive me, yeah. knowing that, hey, I want to be one of the guys that when you speak of this game, 20, 30, 40, my name will come up at some point or my name will be in the conversation. And as a football player, it's always about getting to the Hall of Fame. Yes. So, and I was able to accomplish that. But the reason I was able to accomplish that because you continue to work. You continue to work, continue to put in whatever it took to get there. And I did my part, and I was able to achieve that goal, make it to the Hall of Fame. And that put a put the, that was like the icing on the cake. Yeah. That was the closure to my football career. You know, because I, I started, you know, playing Pop Warner football. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people – it ends at Pop Warner. Yep. Some guys make it to high school. Some guys make it to college. Yep. Some guys make it to the NFL. Yeah. You know, but to sit amongst the best, you know, that was always the goal. And the drive came from, you know, wanting to be one of the best yeah. and leave my mark. Now, you know, earlier you talked about surrounding yourself with five great people. And we were talking about that in any aspect of life. But when you were with the Indianapolis Colts, you were surrounding yourself or surrounded by a lot of really talented players that we still talk about today, right? Peyton Manning, you know, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison. So talk a little bit of bit, a little bit about, you know, that and just having other guys that were bought into the ultimate goal. Well, I think it's a combination of you being somebody that, you know, you have your work ethic, you know what you know the assignment, you know what you have to do. And now you match up or you sit up there in the same room with somebody that has the same drive as you and you have a lot of common interests. And I think yeah. that's what separated us from a lot of people. We had a common interest. Our interest was everybody wanted to be great. Everybody wanted to be good. No matter who was around, mm -hmm. everybody put in their work. And so we had a quarterback that would work. We had receivers that would work. We had a tight end that would work. Everybody that you see that's successful, you know, they put in the work. We didn't have nobody that was a prima donna or somebody yeah. would come in and think that they could just play mm -hmm. or show up and play. We had everybody that would put in the work and do what it takes to be successful. And yeah. that's what made our team special. That's really good. Now, something that I would wonder for you is as you're having success, you know, how do you keep that balance of not getting arrogant but maintaining your confidence, right? I think for a lot of people – as they're reaching certain levels of success, they feel like, oh, well, I don't, I don't need to listen to other people. But you were consistently getting feedback and you know, being willing to grow and develop as a player as your career progressed. Well, it starts at a young age. Yeah. You know, because if you look at a lot of kids now, you know, they get a little success and they veer off. Yeah. <clears throat> and so 
you know, you are what you are when you're having success and you are what you are when you're not having success. So I've always remained right in the middle, staying myself, just doing whatever it takes to keep going because it's a game. You know, yeah. It's always been a game. I played the game, played the game at a high level. So nobody could really get me off of my square because of the fact that I'm doing what I've always been doing. So this is no surprise to me. You know, yeah. I've always been successful at this game. You know, the man up top has always has blessed me with the ability to play at a high level and be great at it. Yeah. And so I received it and I took it and did everything that I could with it. Yes. Now, as you're progressing through your time with the Colts, um, you guys have great playoff runs, but never quite make, you know, the Super Bowl run. And then as your time with them is transitioning, uh, that first year after you leave, the Colts do go to the Super Bowl. And I think something that speaks to your character and who you are is uh, Mr. Irsay, after the win, still wanted to make sure you got a ring because you had laid a lot of the ground and foundational work that it took for them to get there. So talk a little bit about, you know, the, the emotions of riding through that, but also what it meant to have, you know, them acknowledge you even after the fact. Yeah, like I always spoke on this and I never have a problem with it. And that's what I'm saying. Everything, every little detail is usually in the book. Yeah. And but with this, with that, it's, it's football. Yeah. Anybody that plays football know how football goes and know that the business side of it. And so I did everything I was supposed to do. And you know, the Colts, great organization, and we had a great relationship. We built something, and you know, because of salary cap and all the business side of things, you know, no team is going to stay the same. You yeah. haven't seen one team that remained the same. Right. Ever. It's always somebody that's going to be different in their locker room. And for for myself, you know, it was because I deserved more financially and yep. the salary cap wasn't where it needed to be. You know, it's one of those things where you have to take a business approach and and the, the relationship remained intact and forever. We're still tied together and I'm, I'm a coat for life. So, yes, that's, that really was the main issue, but it's cool to be a part of something like that that's great and understand that hey this game is this relationship is bigger than football yes that's the beauty of it yep well and although the Colts did that you made a nice transition to the Cardinals and the Cardinals had some great success as well and you guys end up making it to the Super Bowl the very next year uh with you know Kurt Warner, Anquan Bolton, Larry Fitzgerald so talk a little bit about you know coming into a different dynamic but yet bringing a presence and you know uh, I guess, your expertise into the team and helping lead that way? Well, I know Arizona had good players. Yeah. You know, if you get in a room with good players and you're doing the right thing, you're going to have success in this yep. league. And that's, it's just a matter of time. They just need a little structure around there. So we came together, we brought something that the city never seen and the organization never seen, and we was able to make a Super Bowl run. And it was a great thing because for me, it's one of those things where you you sit back as a business person or as a as a person that feels like he knows what he's talking about yeah. that he, that feels like he knows what he's talking about and you say I'm going to go to Arizona and a lot of people look at you and say hey why would you go to Arizona <laughs> yeah, right, right. and for myself it's like it's a no brainer you know it has all the pieces and the proof is in the pudding yeah. we make it to the Super Bowl right there in Arizona. Right. Something that nobody, a, a lot of people would have probably ducked or wouldn't have seen. So that right there was a was a good feeling to know that you go somewhere and you see something that everybody else don't see. Yeah. And that's similar to 
the moves I make in business. Yeah. I'm do, I, I'll do certain things that people don't really understand or understand why, but if you really dissect and you dive in, you can see why this business is having success or why this person was able to see this and everybody else didn't see it. So I just stuck to my principles and ended up making a good decision and went to Arizona. Absolutely. So as your time in the NFL comes to an end, I, you know, I always think it's difficult, or as I've talked to many NFL players, you know, it's difficult to make that transition out because I've spent my whole life from Bob Warner until now, you know, really dedicated to this sport. But along the way, you had been starting, um, you know, ideas of businesses and you, you very quickly got into running your own businesses and um, some clubs and things like that. So talk a little bit about, you know, getting the entrepreneurial bug and uh, starting to make wise business choices and investments there. You know, from the beginning, I was always a business person, you yeah. know, and that's what I go back to my grandfather, a leader yeah. of men, a person that's an entrepreneur, don't have to work for somebody else. So that was an easy transition for me. You know, I have been setting up my stuff because I always knew that I want to be a successful business person. Okay. And to be a successful business person, you know, you have to do certain things. And those are things that I started doing at an early age, you know, and I love to read, I love to study, I love to make sure that I'm in the know. And so when the transition started, a lot of people or a lot of players, you know, it's not as easy for them, but for myself, it was it was a seamless transition yes. because mentally I was already doing that from the first time I stepped foot on the football field. Now, what inspired you to get into the club world? I know you mentioned, hey, there's going to be some, you know guys that want to get together and congregate. So, hey, if they're if they're going to do that, I might as well be able to provide a great spot and then also great run a great business. But talk a little bit about how you've started in the different endeavors you you're in now. Well, with the with the club, it started with the real estate. You know, I started yeah. out with real estate, and once you understand real estate, you say, okay, this is one of the best investments, especially if you make good decisions over time. They'll appreciate and they'll get better and better, and they become more valuable. Mm -hmm. And for myself, I like to have fun. So I try to mix business and pleasure at the same time. So I yeah. own the real estate. And then also, we always find ourselves going to nightclubs yeah. and congregating with each other in these social spaces. And for myself, down in Miami, I'm always out. Yeah. So it only made sense. It only made sense for me to get involved because that's where we're going to be at anyway. Yeah. And plus, I love business. So it's like a two-for-one for me. And now you have somewhat of a safe haven for the guys to come and it's it's different when you don't know the owner right and then you know that the owner's one of us yeah so it's pretty cool to be able to do that and then also you're inspiring the other and showing them that hey these things are possible you can do these things you know you just have to you know do what it takes yeah and that's one thing i'm doing right now is always trying to be an example to show these guys like these things are possible yeah well, so with that note, you're doing that not only with, you know, friends and uh, young football players that you get a mentor, but with your kids. And, uh, you know, each and every one of your kids is in a different phase of life, but has also had different awesome successes. So talk a little bit about what it means to be a dad, but also what it means to, you know, raise you know, young people up and give them a great platform to launch into their careers with. Well, with your children, you know, you get a chance to live your life through them, relive your life. Through yeah. Them. And that's what I do. But. I get behind anything they want to do. I make sure that I give them all the tools, all the resources, everything that it takes for them to be successful. Yeah. And I'm into any endeavor that they're into. 
as long as they see it through. And once you once you're in a household where that is the norm, that is the way it go, then you don't even have no other option because this is all you know. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things where the kids they see you doing all this stuff and they want to emulate you or they want to say, hey man, I want to have my own. And that's what I do. I want to motivate them internally. In our house, I'm motivating them so that when they step outside of the side of the house, you know, they already got a I wouldn't say a head start, they have a little ins they have more insight than normal. Yeah. I love it. Now additionally, you spoke about it, you know, going to Miami was this great opportunity that you were excited about, but it also ended up being something that you wanted to stay connected with and are passionate about. And so you've been very, you know, philanthropic and generous to give back there. And I think for a lot of people, you know, you look back and you say, man, if only we would have had something like this when I was going to college, like that'd have been great. Uh, but it wasn't the case. And so you wanted to make sure that, you know, the new wave of players had that opportunity. So talk a little bit about, you know, being philanthropic with, you know, the treasures that God's, you know, been able to bless you with earning and uh, giving, uh, giving back to others. Well, that's part of the, I think it's a, a natural obligation. And when it's in you, it's in you. And you understand the things that you, you've you been afforded. And now you just reach back. So it's a natural reaction for myself to go back and try to help as much as possible. And those kids, you know, when you look at those kids, sometimes it's like you're looking in the mirror. You're mm. seeing yourself. And anything you can do to help those kids is always great when you get everybody just doing a little bit. It takes the strain off of one person or two people. And, you know, they say it takes a village, and it's true. So you yeah. get get in there, you do your part, and you never know who is going to inspire, who is going to trigger. But as long as you've done what you're supposed to do or you felt like you should do, I think it's a win-win. Yeah. Talking through, getting into the Hall of Fame. I know you said, hey, it was a great honor to get in there. But talk a little bit about, you know, the – emotion of finding out that you're going to be entering in and then, you know, just having all of your, you know, teammates and friends there on the big day when, when you get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, the Hall of Fame, that was, that was a great experience. It's something that you would never forget. And the process, the process is a little um, challenging or it's a little difficult to kind of monitor. Yeah. So you really don't know. You really don't know what it takes, who's going to get in. And so as the years go on, you kind of get kind of, I ain't going to say disappointed, you kind of, it gets, it kind of gets to where it's like, ah, if it happens, it happens, it doesn't, it don't. Yeah. Because I wasn't a first or a second ballot, you know, right. and I was, you know, I had to wait like five, six years. So you get to a point where you're like, hey, I'm not even tripping on it because I really don't, there's no, there's no science to this. Yes. And once you see that there's no science, you say, ah, whenever it happens, it happens, at least I'm a finalist. At least I know <laughs> at some point I'll get in. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, you know, you know, you get that phone call, and once you get that phone call, everything speeds up. <laughs> everything starts to change. You know, it's like now you're part of the elite. Yeah. And you know, when you start breaking it down numerically, it's 360 something Hall of Famers. There's 100 and something living Hall of Famers. You're starting to say, man, out of all these thousands of people that have ever played the game, you're one of those 300 that's been inducted, and you're one of those 100 and something that's actually yeah. living. You know, it kind of puts things in perspective, and it starts to say, "Man, dang, this is this is really big." So all those years that you didn't get in, you know, once you get in, you start saying, "Hey, 
it didn't even matter because yeah. now I'm here, now I'm home, and Canton, Ohio will be your home forever while you're gone. <laughs> your grandkids, yes. your great grandkids, they'll be ready to go back and they will say, my my grandfather or my uncle or my family is in here, you know. Yes. And it's only it's only three hundred families can say that, and that's that's a big deal. And so when you start putting things in perspective, and you start to look at it and say, you know what, man, I'm I'm glad I did it the way I did it. I'm glad I went through the things I went through because if I didn't, I probably wouldn't be here. Yes. And now that I'm here, you know, I'm going to enjoy it. And you have to live it because it's immortal. I mean, it's forever. And so I celebrate it every day, all all the time, and I carry myself like a Hall of Famer because you're supposed to because it's something that is special it means a lot not only to myself but to the nfl to the hall and to the whole brotherhood and it's something that you can that we can talk about it we can discuss it but you never will really get to um understand it until you get in that room and everybody can't get in that room right <laughs> so it's, it's it's a special um honor and it makes everything that you've done feel well worth it when it came to playing the sport. Yes. So. Well, Adrian, it's amazing to see all the uh, hard work and dedication and, you know, focus on a goal and what that's allowed you to already get to. But at the same token, it's cool to see the next level and the next phase of life and all the different trails that you're blazing and uh, excited to continue to watch your journey and all the amazing things you're doing. Uh, any other pivotal moments that you want to make sure to highlight in your journey that uh, stand out to you on, you know, who knew in the moment on your way here? No, nah, everything is, is ongoing, yeah. you know, so stay tuned. I'm going to stay relevant. I'll stay doing things. And the story is only going to get better and better because you have the next wave of Edwin James kids and yes. ventures and just living life, you know. So I'll be around. I'll continue to do things of interest and continue to break down barriers and try to help as many people as possible just from being myself. Yes. Well, all you got to promise me is that, hey, two, three years from now, as you continue to write this story, we can uh, hop back on here and highlight all the new moments that have led to where you're at at that point. That's that's easy. As long as you <laughs> come through, purchase some books, and we're good to go. We'll, we'll make sure to put the website on there. But yes, right. go get his book, and we'll be doing a couple giveaways on the books as well. So, right. Edrin, thanks so much, my man. All right. Thanks for having me. All right.